Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the EKN Radio Network in another edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 27. Today, July 11th, 2018, just a couple days away from the USAC Karting Battle of the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Speedway, Indiana. Today's show presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Again, episode number 27 of the EKN Debrief. My name, Rob Howden. As always, joined in this debrief episode by the managing editor of eKartingNews.com, David Cole. And David, I was at Iowa Speedway over the weekend uh, for the IndyCar race and the Indy Lights race of that bad, fast oval. I enjoyed myself, but I'll tell you, about 92% of me wanted to be at the Brickyard with you for the for the Battle of the Brickyard karting event. Man, it, you know what? I'm sure we'll talk about it more through this broadcast, but you can uh, talk about it right now. This is this race is just fast becoming something that everybody's going to want to go go attend. Well, it, it's a it's a the first thing I got there. It's like a bucket list type yeah. deal. Like I mean, in all the years of karting, there's never been karting events inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And now for the last two years, we've had that opportunity with USAC karting and IMS working together to bring the sport of karting in, in into the facility. So uh, it's it's something that has not happened, and it's something that. For, you know, look from being there this past weekend, it looks like it's going to be happening at least once a year uh, moving forward. Yeah, you know, Dave, it's I'm hoping it. You know, we obviously uh, IMS President Doug Bowles was there. His son was racing, so there's a good connection. <laughs> obviously, Doug's one of the guys that makes the decisions. They're putting a lot more events than just the Indianapolis 500 and the Brickyard 400 there. Of course, they had the SCCA runoffs last year. They do a vintage event every year. Um, there's a number of races that do come in to run now in Indianapolis. Heck, they're building a, a, a dirt oval to run in August. So they're leveraging the track a little more. And if, if we get lucky and we get to put this thing on, let's say for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it's, as I posted just on Facebook, it's going to become one of those foundation races that, as you mentioned, would be a bucket list for anybody getting into karting. Now, the question I wanted to ask you, I don't think – I don't think you've ever been to the Speedway, have you? No, I've I've been there for the uh, Formula One races when we had the Formula Car Magazine. That's, so. Okay, well that's that's what I meant. That's right for Formula Car Magazine back when uh, I think Robert Wickens was racing back then, and Alexander Rossi and the boys. Um, yeah, speed was speed was still with Red Bull. That's right. Yeah, I, I think Matt Jaskell was there too. Yeah, Jaskell was there racing yeah. uh, BMW, I believe. Formula so BMW. yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was that was a cool experience. Uh, you know, before then, I I had been there as a kid only to go to the museum with my dad. We were ironically taking a trip down to Comet Cart Sales uh, <laughs> at the time, and decided to go stop. It was during the winter months, and stop at the the speedway to go through the museum. I think I had to have been probably you know eight, nine, or ten, you know, before I even started racing. So uh, it was uh, yeah, it was kind of a unique deal. Uh, to actually be there, though, and be part of a racing event. 
You know, I've I've worked the last Indianapolis uh, three Indianapolis five hundreds with IndyCar Radio, David. And the reason why I'd asked that was for me, and I can imagine any of the Carters that were there who had never been there before. Any even if I'm driving down, you know, getting close, coming down Crawfordsville Road, coming close to 16th and Georgetown, I get I still get I still get my you know my arms, I get the the, the bumps in my arms, I get I get nervous. It's just so cool to see the racetrack when I get there. That track just still. Every time I go there, when you go through the tunnel and come out into the track, it just blows me away. And I think for the karting community to be able to have that now part of our DNA, what we do, um, I'm ex- I'm, thr- I'm thrilled about it. I'm glad that you were able to go down. I know you were wrenching for your dad, uh, Bob, on the weekend. And your your dad's the kind of guy that likes to do the the bucket list races. He's checked off Daytona many times. Of course, Rock Island. Um, I'm pleased that he was able to get down there to the Brickyard as well. And I'm going to cross my fingers there's all this talk that the Iowa Speedway IndyCar race may move may move to a different date. Man, if they could leave that date open, <laughs> I want to race there so bad. Uh, but let's let's jump into your deal. Let's talk more about it, David. You were there. You're going to be the voice primarily on this podcast. I'm just going to ask questions and comment because, uh, man, you were trackside. I, I want to hear what your thoughts on on the second annual Battle of the Brickyard. Yeah, I was there. It wasn't an official ECAN capacity, but of course, anytime you go to the racetrack, you're you're still representing the the uh, the website and the business, and and so it was it was kind of a, a challenging weekend because I wanted to do more for for our you know our social media network and and be and make sure I was aware of what was going on for the race report that we just posted uh, today, but you know wrenching and and working are are very two hard things to do at the same time. I can tell you that. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, like you said, you know, just, you know, my dad was like a giddy little schoolgirl driving down Crawfordsville (laughs) Thursday as we were heading there with the trailer. So dude, I can just imagine, I can see him in the, in the, in the truck just going crazy. That's awesome. Oh yeah. It was, uh, so yeah, but again, just, just like you said, pulling in there with, you know, in your own hauler with it, with a racing stuff in the back. It was, it was a pretty surreal moment. Uh, just, I mean, hell, I think our favorite part was being pitted right next to the golf course, the brickyard crossings. I mean, as a golfer, it, we almost were kind of upset. We didn't bring our clubs and sneak onto right. the golf course and go hit a few. Play a couple holes. That's right. I, so, I hear you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, I mean, the event, you know, it, uh, you know, being the second time carding has been there uh, with USAC and IMS working together, it's now paired up with the USAC quarter midget event that uh, is set up behind the pagoda. You know they had another record-breaking event that you know went from Thursday all the way through Sunday night. We know Aaron Likens, uh, Supercarts USA uh, head starter, he's there as a, as the head starter there and just worked tirelessly through the over 500 entries and hundreds of races that they have around that little rinky-dink oval. Yeah, right. That unfortunately, I, we were too busy to actually and too tired to go over and, and check it out. But uh, you know, hopefully next year we'll we'll be able to have some time to go see what that's all about. Uh, I got- hey, David, how about how about having the two best flagmen in karting at the same track at the same time? Oh, for sure, yeah. With Jason Burgess uh, wow. doing our event and Aaron over there, you know, it, they definitely yeah. have two unique styles. I I will Great. say that uh, Aaron's more business oriented, like you know, not so much you know, amped up on the fun meter, although, you know, he is a funny guy, but, but Jason just loves, just loves the, the antics and the, and the pageantry that comes with being a flagman. So uh, definitely two styles, but yeah, it's really cool to see them both at the same event, both at IMS, which is amazing. 
So talk about the paddock. I know the place, there was a lot of entries, a massive increase in entries, which is great. You know, you see some of these numbers, 49 in a class, 51 in a class. Um, we all know, David, that numbers breed numbers, and next year is probably going to be even more. But what about the paddock? How, how, you know, I, I know that and we did the podcast we did with Mike Burrell from USAC Karting. He talked about some of the stuff he was going to change this year after learning last year. I'm sure he learned even more this year. But I know you, you told me when you were texting back and forth in the weekend that the paddock was just packed. It was. It was really packed. Uh, they had kind of everybody squeezed in there. The The, the biggest issue, uh, as you mentioned, is they're building a dirt oval inside turn three. Uh, that just happens to be where our paddock was for the event. So um, it took up a lot of real estate that people could have used. And, you know, so it's, it's one thing that, you know, if this if this is going to happen year in, year out, Hopefully they'll be able to work with them to say, "Hey, why don't you guys start construction after the Fourth of July? That'd be really great, you know, just to kind of help alleviate the the congestion that it was." Because, as you said, the you know we're going to talk in the numbers. The numbers increased from uh, you know um, I can't I can't find my my total number. Is that one thirty five last year or something like that? Of four thirty nine this year or something? Yeah, one hundred and thirty five more entries, but that doesn't necessarily mean as many racers, I mean, yeah. that many racers, but I mean, there were a lot more racers. So you add in all the, all of the haulers and all the vehicles that are in there. Cause it was kind of like, you know, you, you could park your, your, your vehicle next to your trailer. And so that kind of congested things up a little bit. So obviously now that this is their second time there, they might have, you know, some, some shuttle services to be able to park the cars yeah. in different areas and stuff like that to make it more, uh, accessible for everybody because it was hard if you were crammed in the middle it, it was impossible to get out there early yeah time to learn something from the super nationals right dave come in park your trailer and take your truck somewhere else right because your, your truck's not gonna be in the paddock that's that makes yeah, sense. yeah and it, it's good because they allow bikes they allow golf carts uh to a certain extent you know as long as as, as you're not uh being disruptive with them so it gives you the ability to, to, to drive from, from cars. I mean, how we had to use bikes to get from, from our pit area to the grid because it was well over a thousand feet. So, <laughs> Hey, let's, okay. So some of the notes you gave me, 239 total entries, an increase of 135 entries from last year. So essentially a 44, 400, yeah, 439, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, 439, an increase of 135 for a 44% increase. Last year, about 50% Briggs. This year, 59% Briggs with a 258th uh, entry count in the Briggs categories. You gave me the list. Briggs 206 medium up 31 from 26 drivers to 57. 23 drivers more in Briggs heavy, 37 to 50. 36 in the brand new Margay Ignite Masters class. Margay Ignite is just, you know, you and I could talk a full show just about the Ignite category and what it's done to provide stability uh, with the spec program. And then of course, and flow over into the other categories, David, but man, just looking at the numbers here, everything, almost everything up. Yeah. Everything was pretty much up. Uh, the only downside, which was shocking was the Honda 80s, uh, shifter category, which was only down, was had 12 down from, from 19 last year. It just seems, uh, you know, it was a growing class in the SIRA program. Uh, they just have, seem to be lacking numbers this year. Talking with a couple of people, so uh, you know maybe that'll. It, it, it's kind of just on a roller coaster ride where it's going up and down, up and down. So that's something that we'll have to watch and 
you know, they have their own time slot. So again, they, they might be moved into a, into a grouping yep. because we had a, a couple of the classes such as, uh, IME junior and IME senior running together. We had, I believe it was Yamaha heavy and the Yamaha junior categories running together to help save time. Uh, Jim Fry did an amazing job with the schedule. Uh, it was on time all weekend long. Um, we obviously there's a couple red flags that, that delayed things, but they came, got right back on schedule. So again, it's, you know, they don't have other than adding that ignite masters category. They really don't have to add anything else moving forward. Um, they have the number of categories for people to come and race. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something that's going to keep growing and, and, uh, we'll, again, will be a bucket list event for a lot of people down the road. You know, David, I think one of the themes that we took in interviewing Mike Burrell in the, in the podcast, the Industry Insider, or rather the, uh, the Operation Grassroots podcast we did with him before the event was the fact that he wants this to be the biggest club race in the country. So when you look at the class structure, this is exactly what we want for clubs, right? It's the different Briggs categories. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the Ignite. It's Yamaha. It's, uh, you know, the IAMI categories. It's, you know, throwing in the Honda shifter guys in 80 and 125 and KZ, whatever you got. This is essentially the class structure that plays exactly to what the foundation, the bottom of the pyramid is. It is. Uh, Briggs is obviously with nearly 60% of the entries. That's it. I mean, that's that's where clubs really need to gather and get people on board with the sport is right there in the Briggs just because of the affordability, the easiness of it uh, and the fun factor. I mean, it has all three factors to make the make it fun and and exciting. And so, yeah, again, it's it. Believe me, the atmosphere, too, was kind of like a big club event. You know, it really was because it kind of had that Rock Island feel where, you know, there's guys that are, you know, there with the back of the pickup truck with the cart. They're taking the cart back to the hotel with them every night or or back home to wherever they live in the Indianapolis area. But you also had some of the bigger teams there like Top Cart and obviously Margay and Trinity and uh, DRT Racing and some of the other bigger uh, cart sport North America, some of the bigger teams there. So it was it was a really unique, again, you have a unique spectrum of, of people and carters that are, that are there at the event. I love it. That's perfect. Well, folks, we're at the one quarter mark of episode number 27 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden, get a chance to talk here to David Cole, my managing editor at eCardingNews.com as we go over the USAC karting battle at the Brickyard this past weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. On the other side of this break, David and I will come back with the Paddock Pass. Again, this is episode 27, brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves, to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. 
We have an incredible lineup of K1 carding suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 carding gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, you're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but is easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit K1RaceGear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season. Welcome back to another EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. David Cole giving us the full update on the USAC Karting Battle of the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Of course, David down there kind of doing double duty. He was doing some EKN stuff just because he was there, but primarily he was wrenching on his dad, uh, Bob Cole's, I believe, the Masters entry, Tag Masters entry. Uh, David, let's jump in now to the Paddock Pass section. This, of course, brought to you this weekend by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. David, into the paddock pass, you know, and obviously probably even more than any normal race weekend, you were in the paddock. You were, you know, it's a lot of times we're, you know, you're out with your camera, we're doing the broadcast, and we're only in the paddock after, you know, when the day's over having a cocktail. Dude, you, you were in the paddock all weekend. So give us a scoop. What happened? Yeah, it was it was a unique uh, weekend for me. As much as I wanted to be out taking photos, I was I had my very limited time doing so uh, because of my duties and the issues we had all weekend long uh, preventing me. And actually, I, I wish I could have had more time to, to roam the paddock, actually. But it was just, you know, racing and and wrenching. It's, it's a lot of work. You know, I... I, I you guys, you guys blew up some equipment though, too. Let's, you were, you actually had to go to work that weekend. Yeah, well, I had to leave I the know. racetrack for three, four, almost four hours to go get uh, a crank repaired over at Comet uh, Racing Engines. Uh, luckily, that was only half hour away. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but you know, like I said, um, it was a great mix: big teams, regional teams, and a lot of privateers. A lot of guys, you know, out of the back of the the, the ten by ten trailer or the you know, the back of the pickup truck. So it was really cool to see all the unique and wide spectrum of racers that were there. I love that. Um, you know, one, you know, one person that was there just, you know, who's kind of been focused in on the national level kind of just was like taken back and didn't realize how many privateers there really are still in the sport, you know? And when you have an event like this at, at Indy or say Daytona or, or another, that, uh, facility that is, a bucket list type facility, you're going to get these people to come out of their, their garages with a cart and come race. That's, that's one of the unique aspects of this event. You know, it's not just another club race. This is at the Indianapolis motor speedway and people are going to want to be there. 
So give us some more. What's uh, highlights, lowlights, positive, negatives? What did you see in the paddock uh, and, you know, throughout the weekend? Well, like I said earlier, uh, it stayed on time with the schedule. Uh, they had it mapped out pretty well, gave plenty of racing time and practice time over the three days with as many classes as they had. Uh, obviously, when you have a temporary type circuit like this, where you have, uh, you know, the, the, the barriers, you're going to have a couple red flags here and there, either with track track blockage or, or flip here or there. So uh, as far as I know, no, no serious injuries that occurred, you know, just your typical uh, banged up carts or banged up arms or, or bodies. A um, yeah. couple of the minor issues that happened on the weekend, uh, major issue with the scales, trying to get them consistent. Uh, but again, it kind of was at the fault of the racers who were abusing it, slamming, you know, slamming their carts over it, driving on top of it, you know, just, you know, certain things that people don't respect when, when they go to a race like this. So, um, you know, they, they, they eventually got it, got it figured out, uh, by Sunday morning. Uh, the, the other thing was the live timing went down during the main events. So we left early and I'm sitting there trying to watch the racing. I really couldn't because the live timing wasn't working. Uh, they had some internet yeah. issues there, uh, that were not IMS related, but with, you know, the scoring personnel and, and the, and the USAC people. So I think they, they understand what they need to do there to, uh, remedy that for next year. Um, but one of the other little annoying things was that they allowed duplicate numbers, which as we know, working with race monitor really screws it up. And so I'm hoping they remove that next year. You know, it's just, you know, there's, you know, overall the event was a, you know, a B plus and a minus, but there's always these little things that you can fix to just make it better. And while it, it, you know, it's not much that you have to do, it's just these little things that people can go, okay, nothing, you know, they they don't have anything to bitch about then. (laughs) You want to give them something to focus on, right? Exactly. I mean, there's always something people are going to bitch about. And so if you take away these little minor issues, then they have nothing to bitch about and it's all positive. But, you know, overall from, you know, kind of from my vantage point, it was a safe track to drive, uh, you know, being a racer at rock Island and some other temporary circuits, you know, it was, it was very safe. Yep. Uh, it's a good it's mixture of road again. racing, yep. obviously with the takeaway formula one and NDGP circuit, uh, area that we use. It was pretty wide and a lot of runoff room area. And then you go to the back part of the track where it drives around near the pagoda and up to the uh, the front straightaway. There, it's it's like a street race. You got barriers. You, you got to find your limits. And again, not go a hundred percent. Maybe go that ninety five. So so you're you're staying off the barriers. It's just it's part of racing. So it was pretty cool. Now you know I, I saw some guys bitching on on social media about clutches and about. The track, maybe people were saying they were needed new. They needed a couple of new clutches throughout the weekend. That seemed a little odd to me. Did you hear anything about that in the paddock yourself? Well, the the uniqueness of the track being there's a very tight 180 degree hairpin, and as you know, it, anytime you have a, a corner like that, I think one one track we saw that was really bad was the uh, the Windsor Grand Prix. Do you remember that the Stars of Karting race yeah. there? They had a you know, the shifter guys were, were bringing in the clutch just so they could exit out of the corner. It wasn't yeah, Barry was, Barry was like that as well. There was a corner where they had to clutch it in first gear yeah. to get out of the corner. Agree. It yeah. wasn't quite that bad, but again, when, when you have a track that's very fast, so you're gearing, you know, to stay off the rev limiter for the Briggs, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a big 
gap with you want to get the clutch to get out of the the hairpin but then you're running these ratios that you know are stretching the engine to 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 get as close to the rev limiter as possible so again it's just yeah, you know it's, it's kind of racing deal um so I, I you know guys guys just weren't used to it i think i think that's what it boils down to is is a lot of times with the briggs racers you just slap it on and you go and, and you go until it breaks and uh well if david if you're if indeed you're saying that again the track's more of a wide open racetrack and you try to throw in a really tight hairpin that's you know that that's probably not needed i understand the tight hairpins probably to slow down some of the two cycle classes but for a four cycle deal obviously it's just it's the pull out of that corner with a with a, a ratio that tall you're gonna be you know you're obviously having some issues for sure what about hey what about uh you know one of the things we always talk about and i was i, I looked at a lot of the photos Give me your thoughts on on the fact that they went with uh, CIK only bodywork for the Briggs categories. That's obviously been a big talking point in four cycle racing for the last. Well, couple it's of years. a big topic on the eastern half of the country. Uh, everywhere else, they they run CIK bodywork. It's yeah. it's getting away from that gold cup bodywork mentality, which I still don't mind the gold cup bodywork. But it again, it's it's yeah. it's trying to put two different uh, styles and and classes. essentially classes together. And so, uh, you know, if you want to race there, you had to put CIK bodywork on. And, and so, uh, you know, people bit their lip, even though they could have been bitching over the last five years about how they'll never run CIK bodywork, they'll put it on to race at Indy. So, uh, you know, you didn't hear a lot of too, too much complaining about it uh, throughout the week. And I'm sure we'll see it more on social media because that's, that's where it seems to happen. But, you know, well, it was... You, it was you do your keyboard jockey, baby. Oh, yeah, right? of course. Yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody came to me all weekend long to bitch about anything, but I guarantee you our emails will be full later after this podcast. But uh, right. <laughs> um, but you know the, the the biggest thing was the the fairings, all the different you know the parent and the now the OTK who's that's come on uh, over from the uh, European market into the U.S. market. So it was kind of you know guys were you know especially some of the Briggs racers who aren't used to the CIK style bodywork haven't seen these types of fairings before so uh you know people talking about that and again it it really didn't make any differences i don't think i think the fast drivers are still going to be the fast drivers as as we saw in the final results yeah yeah now david i followed obviously followed a lot of it through social media i clicked on live timing when i could on saturday just to just to see who was quick when i could uh, within my duties uh for the mazda road to indy um but some of the pictures i saw you know the thing about indy and the milk and you know sipping the milk and the wreath and the winner's wreath seeing those picks man when i saw the guys do it at the scca runoffs when they were drinking the milk my mind was hey you know what no the milk's just for the indy 500 winner and i went you know what it's a cool thing there's there's the indy 500 milk and there's kissing the bricks when you're the indy 500 winner and then there's being there and kind of you know being part of the tradition and to see them get that little you know the milk glass the, the the glass of milk and then the wreath around at the at the guys that have won after they came across the scales that's pretty damn cool well i think you're right it's it's more of a indie type deal and it's not so much the indie 500 anymore even though you know when yeah. you have your your irl or the, not irl but indie lights race <laughs> sorry the, the indie lights race you know you don't have that same type deal or and the indie gp no, is different from indie of course but you know, for, for karting, this is the, this is the Indy 500, you know, to, to, to race yep. at the Indianapolis motor speedway. So, so USAC brought this on and again, it, 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 
it gives, it's something different, something unique. You know, we don't, the only thing we have like this is say the King of the streets at rock Island. Um, you know, there isn't necessarily, uh, you know, there's the Duffy, uh, for IKF racing. There's the Eagle for WKA. There's now the brick for USAC at, at, uh, Indy, but also you got in the wreath of yeah. the bottle of milk. Uh, you know, the, 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 the different photos they did throughout the weekend for the top qualifier, uh, and then, then for the, uh, front row, uh, starters for the main events, you know, it's, it's something they tried this year and it's something that maybe, you know, they'll be able to, to get to be even better looking than what they were. So, but. Oh, I, I, I love the idea. I love the, the front row starters, that kind of stuff. I think those pictures are going to be badass. I think when they figure out where to do it, because obviously you, know, you and I talked, the lighting was in the kind of wrong and it was behind them and up in the side. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that I think that they'll be able to continue to work on stuff. And again, just you try something new, you figure it out, you dial it in. Man, I just, there was so many good things that they did, new things that Mike Burrell and USAC were able to, to put together. And David, let's cap off. This paddock pass section, again, brought to you by CRG Nordam with the ceremonial lap around the racetrack. That's something that I know that the guys in the USAC quarter midgets have done for the last number of years. But for the Carters to be able to get out there and do a full lap around that 2.5-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway, what a moment for everybody that was able to get out there. I wouldn't know we didn't get to do it. So I know you were getting the motor fixed. <laughs> Dude, I was on my way back from Comet, so it was a little bit. Uh, so that's kind of a yeah, that's kind of a little bite in the ass there. But um, but Dude, it shows your commitment. It does. It shows, your it shows I was committed. Yes, I was committed to making things right and, and making sure your dad was going to be able to that's race. Right. Dude, that's a that's a hallmark moment right there. But uh, but to get back to the the ceremonial yeah. lap, it was. It was cool to see the different photos and videos and because everybody out there with their, with their phones, right? They, they either had their phones or a GoPro. And thankfully we had Brandon Jarza crack. Uh, you know, I was talking to him about it before, luckily before uh, on Friday, before it happened about, you know, get, getting a GoPro on so we could, we could do a different, you know, I could, I could have had, I was going to work on some, having some other videos come in, but luckily he was the only one that was able to do it. And, and he did it right. He kind of he didn't have it attached to the cart where he had it in his hand, and he could he could spin it around yeah. and kind of just show you that 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 feeling of going around the entire two point five mile course, so or oval. So it was, uh, and he, he got the shot I wanted, which was one shot that uh, Stephen Flat did at Daytona when he won at Daytona a couple of years ago was was the GoPro shooting back at him as he crossed the start finish line with the checkered flag to the one side, and you could see the Daytona on the wall on the yeah. other side. Yeah. Well, as, as he was coming down the front stretch, he able to, he got it to spin around to look back at him. You have the pagoda in the background and then you have the grandstands on the other side. So it was, it was, that was a very cool, uh, cool video and cool photo we were able to get from that. And just all the other different uh, ones, you know, guys uh, with, you know, again, with phones, doing Snapchat, doing Instagram live, doing Facebook live, it was, you know, the 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 Trinity. You know, they had all their drivers, kind of like you see with the the Lamas, where you know they're all yep. driving across the brickyards together. So it was really cool. Awesome. Well, folks, we're at the crossed halfway flags here for episode number twenty-seven of the EK and debrief. On the other side of this break, David's going to give us the race report. We'll go through the class by class. So stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, 
you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the latest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. From coast to coast, IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine and moving through to the incredible X30 power plant, IAMI is providing much-needed stability for the sport. The Swift and X30 engines are the backbone of the Superkart USA Pro Tour and Pro Kart Challenge Series, as well as the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. We're thrilled to introduce the new IAMI KA100 Rejet engine with a special introductory price of just $16.95 until the end of February. The new engine is getting rave reviews and will be part of the USPKS, Route 66, and WKA Man Cup programs in 2018. Watch for more regions of the country to get on board with this new formula. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IAMI East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and IAMI West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, so it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information on IAMI, head to the website for your region, IAMIUSAEast.com or IAMIUSAWest.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here we are, EKN Debrief number 27, man. We're knocking the podcasts out here to start the 2018, the second half of the 2018 season. David, let's jump into the race report. Let me set up our presenting sponsor for the race report here of this particular episode of the uh, the debrief. Trinity Carding Group presenting the race report. Uh, Trinity Carding Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsport Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to start your racing dreams. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve as their professional staff and driver training will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. Give them a call to get started now. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Tony Karts and OTK parts, as well as IAMI engines. 
Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. Again, the race report brought to you by Trinity Carding Group. David, get us rolling here with the boys in the Briggs uh, medium, I think medium and what, heavy classes? Well, I was going to get started with the two big winners on the weekend, uh, Gary Lawson and Jeff Dolian. Uh, We know Gary working uh, at Comet Cart Sales now and Comet Racing Engines a 25 time winner at rock Island grand prix. So he has the emperor of rock Island grand prix wow. decided to put what a, what a resume for this guy now. Adding the oh yeah. Go, so, yeah. Go, just, yeah. Wow. Interrupt. And you just ruined my moment. You just ruined it. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm just so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited about it. The guy's a stud. He is oh, start he again. Is. So start again, I don't want to ruin your moment. So two drivers were the stars of the weekend. <laughs> One of them being Gary Lawson, Gary, Decided to put uh, the helmet back on, come out of his semi-retirement, as he calls it, and uh, decided to sweep both Briggs 206 medium and heavy divisions. Uh, Lawson uh, bested Brandon Jars a crack in both finals. Uh, those two were, were the top drivers uh, on Sunday after uh, going through the heat races and pre-finals on, on Saturday. And uh, Jars a crack came up short both days as Lawson was able to get to the checkered flag first both days. Uh, Garrett Powell won the last lap battle for the third spot on the podium in medium, while uh, Zach Linzel aboard his MGM uh, finished third in the heavy category. Uh, if you then you go to, over to Jeff Dolian, as we know from Rock Island from years past, a longtime Margay driver, now living in Texas, races at the uh, North Texas Cartways, which we were just at uh, recently. Uh, Jeff Jeff is a longtime Ignite driver too, raced him at Rock Island. And uh, he was able to win both senior and masters uh, on the weekend. So, uh, That's bragging rights right there, I'll tell you. It is. Kicking the kids' asses, too. It is. He, and, you know, racing against him, he's probably one of the more focused racers that I have seen. Very intense. Uh, you know, kind of never takes a lap off. Never takes a lap off. Very focused. But uh, he was able to hold off Keith Scharf uh, for the win in Ignite Masters with Pistol Pete Vetter knifing his way up to third. Uh, another Margay veteran there. So it was, it was shocking because the, the masters drivers along with Dolian were, were among the faster guys in the senior category too, as well, which, you know, was kind of shocking because you, you don't typically see that, but again, you know, the, the cream of the crop rises to the top. Hey, it's also a road course, essentially a road course race, a little easier on the old guys. It is. It, it is. <laughs> it, it, you're speaking old. You talk, let's talk Scott Barnes. I mean, he's, he's almost that masters type category age now too, but, uh, Almost over the hill for Bardsey. You're right. He he's almost done. He is. But uh, the, the Bermuda driver uh, actually came from 21st, started qualified 21st, worked his way up through the heat in the pre-final. And then uh, some shuffling allowed him to get into the lead pack there during the final and led for, for quite some time until Dolian was able to pull off a last lap pass for the victory uh, over Barnes on in the main event. Uh, Ryan Bettenhausen, a name familiar with uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, he qualified last and worked his way up through the big field and was able to finish third in the final. So two, two, really four great performances in those, in those categories. You know, David, one of the great things about Skitchy Barnes is the fact that this is a guy that lives in Bermuda. Uh, he runs a fishing charter, Hakuna Matata. Uh, just a great dude. Essentially he was, he and his family, such a big part of they essentially run the Bermuda karting club. I'm going to be going out there for another race. I believe this, this fall, but here's a guy that David Wright just if there's a race he wants to go racing. 
if it's Rock Island, wherever it is, he'll come over and he'll run like four classes. And I know that he was doing, I think he was wrenching on his own cart this weekend, but just a guy that loves to come over here and do those bucket list races. That's what he's all about. I, you know, Scott's one of my, a good friend of mine. And man, I just, I got a lot of respect for the way he likes to race. Yeah, he he arrived. I, I was texting him Thursday. He arrived in uh, St. Louis from Bermuda, grabbed all his stuff from Crockett Motorsports, put it in the back of a truck and hauled off to Indy uh, that night. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool deal. So second year of this race, David, uh, a number of drivers, handful of drivers able to defend victories from 2017. Yeah, five to be exact. Uh, the first of one of them was uh, Brandon Jarzakrak, you know, came was a bridesmaid in those two uh, Briggs races that he had, but uh, was able to score the victory in Miami senior uh, where he defended his crown uh, fought all weekend long with his teammate, cart sport, North America teammate, Jacob Donald. Uh, the two cart Republic drivers were the class of the field. Uh, J- Donald was able to get one of the heat wins away from him, but uh, George crack was pretty dominant throughout the weekend and came away with the brick and defending his victory. Uh, with Donald coming in second. And then Trinity Karting Group's Finnegan Bailiff won the, the battle for third, which was pretty heated throughout the weekend. Uh, I, it, it was it was the two guys away for the lead, and then all weekend long it was a fight for third, and uh, nice. Bailiff was able to prevail on Sunday. Good for him. Uh, another repeat winner was uh, Alex Conlon, a longtime road racer, Rock Island street racer as well, uh, won in the KZ division. Uh, for a second straight year, leading all weekend long against Miles Miller and uh, Tommy Plitko. If I get that name right. Plitko? Plitko? Plitko. Oh, that's a good one. On a Praga, actually. I'm, I'm so sure say, Randy Cooter say that three times fast. Working, working his tail off on that one. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another. All right. What about what about Yamaha Media? Another yeah. name we're Go. pretty familiar with, Dakota Pesic, a longtime Yamaha racer and champion. Uh defended his uh, victory in the Yamaha medium category. Uh, the top three drivers actually finished within 77 thousandths of a second uh, with Pesic crossing the line first, of course. Uh, Jack Dorsey and Evan Stammer crossed the line at the exact same time, had down to the thousandths of a second. So uh, wow. uh, it was a very close finish, uh, but uh, the runner-up spot went to Dorsey in that one. Nice. Uh, Ron Peterson was uh, the Yamaha Masters winner. Uh, defending his victory for a second straight year. Uh, John O'Keefe and Gary Monnet put on the heat throughout the, the main event, uh, but just weren't able to work past uh, the defending winner. So Peterson uh, with a second brick to his mantle. Uh, and then the uh, the fifth repeat winner on the weekend was uh, Caden Wharf winning again in the Yamaha Junior category. Uh, it was a very close photo finish because we, you know, from the, from the, I was actually there for the finish. Couldn't really tell who it was from the, uh, the pit lane. Uh, both the drivers came across, you know, pumping the, you know, fist pumping and shoot, you know, cheering themselves on. But, uh, it was actually wharf over Mason Piper by 16 thousandths of a second with, uh, Timothy, Timothy Steele in a close third place. Solid. Solid. I like that. I like good battles like that to the very end. That's awesome. Yeah, and Worf, Worf actually could have been a uh, a two time winner on the weekend, but uh, in the he was racing du- double duty in the IME Junior category and was quick all weekend long. Was a driver to beat, but a flat tire in the main event uh, actually cost him that ability to grab a second victory on the weekend. So that allowed Trinity Karting Group's Gavin Bailiff to score the victory in what was another photo finish over uh, Bryson Morris 
and Annie Rule completing the podium in her junior debut. Nice, nice, uh, nice weekend for the Trinity Carding Group, guys. A couple of podium finishes, folks. We uh, got one more commercial break here before David comes back with uh, our final segment of the race report. Stick with us; more to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Join us at the Thor Industries Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix August 11th and 12th for music, family fun, and great kart racing. Entry fee is only $195, which includes a set of Hoosier tires. Follow USAC Karting on Facebook and Twitter. Visit USACKarting.com and register to be part of the greatest spectacle in karting. If your dream is IndyCar, set your sights on the Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. The first step of the ladder system is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship powered by Mazda, which prepares young drivers for the calculated jump to the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper Tires, where increased power, grip, and aero downforce fast-track your training. The final rung is the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires program. The last four Indy Lights champions will be racing in the Verizon IndyCar Series this year, so it's a proven formula. At all three levels, you will race at premier venues on the same weekends as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. Former Carters fill the roster of Mazda Road to Indy graduates like Spencer Piggott, Gabby Chavez, Zach Veach, Ed Jones, and 2017 Indy Lights champion Kyle Kaiser. Recent karting graduates like Oliver Askew are in the middle of their journeys as well. Follow in their footsteps. Fulfill your dream. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice. The Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back to episode 27 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us his account of the USAC karting battle at the Brickyard. Indianapolis Motor Speedway karting there for the second year in Speedway, Indiana, at the corner of 16th and Georgetown. David, let's get back at let's jump into some 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 uh, gearbox guys. What happened in uh, Honda 125 Senior? It was an impressive victory with uh, Devin Smith Harden, the TB Cart Indy driver, uh, was able to beat out uh, S1 rookie Colin Daly from Jamaica with uh, former Indy Lights driver Jimmy Simpson placing third. Uh, Daly took the lead for a little bit at the beginning. Him and Josh Lane kind of swapped positions, and Simpson came charging through, taking over the lead from them. Uh, but it ended up being Smith Harden charging his way up and keeping Smith or Simpson back and and Daly as well uh, to claim his uh, second brick victory. Who uh, he actually was the eighty cc shifter winner last year, so he's got two bricks in a row now. Nice. Uh, it was a great drive by yeah. Joe Ruck, though. Uh, had a carburetor fall off in the pre-final, so came from dead last and drove his way all the way up to fifth. Um, just didn't ran out of time to uh, to run down Josh Lane in fourth spot. Solid. What about uh, 125cc Masters? You know, it, it, it's a lot of familiar names that we're used to seeing and, and saw in the past. And AJ now it is is one of those names from the past that, uh, you know, it's odd to see him racing in the 125cc Masters division. But uh, <laughs> he's there, you know, an Indiana a native who uh, actually used to live out in Colorado for a little bit. Uh uh, but uh, now back in Indiana, was uh, was able to score the victory in, in the Masters class. Mark Nagy, a road racer that uh, that we know, uh, led early on until he uh, retired early, and that gave now the lead and the uh, the way to the victory for the uh, Brick Trophy. 
Uh, Lance Lane came from dead last after a pre-final or DNF in the pre-final to climb up to second, working past defending race winner Stephen Flat, uh, who was actually the top Honda driver as the category was a mixture of KZ versus Honda. Nice, nice. Uh, TB Cart Indy, obviously uh, one of the teams that really supports the ADCC program and the SIRA. Uh, they had a pretty solid weekend at Indy, did they not? Well, they did. They're getting a victory with Devin in, in the 125 category, but uh, they swept the podium in the 80 shifter category. Uh, Zach Shift, a former first kart driver for for those uh, uh, keeping track. <laughs> He, uh, you're back in the start. That's right. Days. That was a long time. Ago. Uh, he was able to score the victory, uh, over, over Devin Smith with, uh, Aiden Fisher placing third. Nice. Uh, where the hell is Scott Falcone been for the last couple of years? That guy comes out and decides to win a bunch of races. What's this all about? Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got that, uh, that itch again to come race some, uh, races. <laughs> he's racing, uh, at like the USBKS this year, I think he's gonna. He's obviously gonna be at uh, the Super Nats. He said this year, so uh, probably a couple yeah. other events he'll probably be at. But uh, man, he just dominated the Tag Master division. Um, ironically, he got into the sport through AJ now during AJ's time during in Colorado. So uh, it was good to see those two. They those two reconnected again and and both took home a brick uh, on the weekend. Uh, Chris Rock. Came from a DNF in the pre-final, uh, knifed his way up through the field to to finish second. Probably had something for Falcone in the main event, but again, you know, starting last, it was you it just wasn't able to get through the field in time. Uh, and Michael Burton ended up third. Uh, you know, one of the great things I love about the, the this event again, I got my eye on it, David. Is both Margag Night Masters and Briggs Two Hundred Six Masters. If I get a chance to race, I'm doing Two Hundred Six Masters. So. Uh, give us a scoop of the 206 Masters category. Pretty solid lineup of drivers, I think, in that class. What, 47 in total? That's a big field. Yeah, it was a big field. It was it was really cool to see. Yeah, it had you had some Ignite racers in there. You had just regular 206 racers in there. And believe me, it was a good mixture of, of newbies, club racers, and, and some very stout drivers uh, in the field. You know, guys that were used to racing at Rock Island and and, and other places that we've seen, but, uh, but Steve Knight, uh, a Newcastle driver, uh, racing, uh, board, one of the, uh, Eagle carts, uh, was able to hold off John O'Keefe for the victory. Uh, Philip Craver was third, but, uh, removed after tech inspection. So that promoted, uh, Jamie Bradford up to third. But, you know, as you said, so many drivers in that field, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Wow. I love it, man. 47 drivers and Briggs 206 master sounds you know, the numbers here remind me of the Canadian Nationals up here in Canada, where they're getting, you know, 40 plus in junior, senior and masters. That's I love the fact that people and this is this is the club thing. This is the biggest club race in the, in the country. This is what Mike Burrell was trying to do. And then you go to Briggs 206 Junior, David, only nine drivers last year. They more than double this year, 20 drivers in the field. You know, it's going to be 30 next year. Oh, without a doubt. That's, you know, as we've seen with the Briggs uh, weekly racing series, that that continues to grow. Uh, you're getting a lot of a lot of cadet drivers who are starting in the Briggs category and moving their way up into what we call the junior category. I mean, they still call it yep. junior one, junior two, but, you know, cadet to the, the actual junior category, it continues to grow throughout the country. So that, you know, for, for Briggs and for grassroots racing, it's a really good deal. And uh, this weekend in Indy, uh, it was Elijah Skaggs who was able to take the victory. 
uh, had a top qualifier and he and pre-final winner, Kevin Lene, uh, Alexander Surly completed the podium in what was a very close uh, race all weekend long. I had a chance to watch Alexander Searle run for MGM down at the uh, Scusa Winter Series. Great young man. Guy came out of a K1 speed karting, uh, getting into the outdoor stuff, and good to see him get another podium finish. Solid one for him. David, let's cap off this race report again, brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. One more category still to detail, Yamaha Heavy. Yeah, it was the only race, or at least main event, that we saw You know, a bit of uh, uh, on-track action uh the officials having to to oh man I can't I can't even talk right now. <laughs> the oh, officials you, actually been, having to decide who won the race. You've been carrying this uh, whole podcast, so you're doing well. Yeah, I know. I'm not used to it. No, so, you're not. It's hard. Um, so <laughs> the, yeah, Tony Peterson was actually crossed the line as the provisional winner. Uh, contact between he and Dakota actually resulted in Pesic going off and and slamming into a wall uh, and causing a DNF, but uh, officials. Claim, uh, decided it was a uh, what's the word I'm looking avoidable for? Avoidable contact. Avoidable. See, yeah, I hate that I'm here word. For you, bro. Avoidable contact. Hey, I'm here for you. Yeah, avoidable contact. So they placed Peterson behind Pesic in the final final order. So that promoted Blake Horth, uh to the top of the steps uh, for a brick of his own, with uh, Evan Stammer and Eli Fox completing the podium. Take a deep breath, David. You got through the race report. Well done. I got through it. It's easier to write it than to talk it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll uh, I'll do the heavy lifting for the next three or four minutes. Uh, Again, uh, let's jump in. There's your there's your race report, David. Giving you obviously a lot of information, a lot of categories at the battle at the brickyard. That caps it off. Essentially, our race report. We're going to talk and jump into the EK and trackside live race calendar in a couple seconds. But man, Mm -hmm. overall, just a really good weekend, and I think that everybody can see that that event and we'll go when we wrap up, we'll talk really briefly about it, but this is a race that had massive entry increases in every category, everything that they did, they're going to improve on. Um, you know, all the feedback I've got guys that have emailed me and messaged me when I'm asking about it. Uh, thank you so much again for, for, for sending me tweets or, or messaging me on Facebook, whatever it may be, but uh, man, just the feedback on this event so big. And again, I know that a lot of people will be looking to head to Indy next year. Uh, again, we'll jump in now. Let's, let's start talking about what we have going forward as we cap off this edition of the debrief. The EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Streeter Superstands. With decades of experience and an unbeatable reputation, Streeter Superstands leads the way in quality, innovation, and affordable lifts. Stands and an amazing selection of trailer and shop accessories to make you the envy at every event. From local club racers and regional warriors to the top pro teams, Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstands build it. Roll with the best and shop online at StreeterSuperstands.com. David, you can chill out here. I'll just roll through. Uh, this weekend coming up, July 13th, 14th, 15th, the WK Manufacturers Cup Series will head to Concept Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois. For the first time since the WK or any major national series has been back there in a while. David, of course, will be there with Eric Brennan to do uh, EKN live broadcast all weekend long. Of course, David will provide his trackside live coverage. Uh, The week after that, I head to Texas, West Texas, Amarillo Kart Circuit. I cannot wait to get to this track. I'm hearing a lot of racers coming from California, some racers coming from Colorado, and of course, all the, uh, the big dogs from Texas will be there. It's the Texas Pro Kart Challenge, July 20, 21, and 22. Again, Amarillo, Texas. If you got that weekend off, Come out and see this racetrack. 
Some guy, I think an orthodontist, uh, found carding, loved it. There wasn't a track in Amarillo, so he built his own. It's a model of the uh, track at Istanbul, the uh, Turkish Formula One track. I can't wait to see this place. Uh, two weeks later, David Cole back on track again, or on the road again. July 27th, 28th, 29th, he, he'll go to the U.S. PKS race, the United States Pro Kart Series race at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Again, Newcastle is going to be the hub of some major racing here in the second half of the season. Uh, a couple weeks after that, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals, August 10th, 11th, and 12th. The finale for the Scusa Pro Tour, again, back at Newcastle Motorsports Park. They'll find out who's going to win the number one plates that they'll be able to run, of course, at the Super Nationals in November at the Rio in Las Vegas. Again, that's the EKN Trackside Live race calendar over the next, what, month? David Cole and I, essentially every weekend, either he or I are trackside to bring you live play-by-play on the EKN radio network. Again, ecardinews.com slash live. That's where you can get live timing. And, of course, all the play-by-play. We'll go all the way through WK Man Cup, Texas Pro Kart Challenge, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Scusa Pro Tour. David, let's wrap up this edition of the, D, uh, the debrief. Give me your final thoughts on being able to roll in with the Cole Racing trailer to the Indianapolis Motor Yeah, Speedway. again, just being there, racing our own carts at the Brickyard is very cool. Great to get the bucket list thing done. Just the sounds of the carts rolling around the, uh, the Indy GP F1 circuit, the, the sounds bouncing off the... The, the grandstands around turn four, just amazing sound. Amazing. Uh, you know, big numbers again. It's only going to get bigger. Uh, the Briggs is going to get bigger. Yamahas will get bigger. Shifters, tags, all of them, all the classes are going to get bigger. And you can't beat very cool trophies like they have with the, the brick, the milk, and, of course, the wreath. Hey, right. They just did it all right. And you know what? Let's cap it off. One of the things I saw, the opening ceremonies, Andrew Burton rolling on the electric guitar doing the electric guitar national anthem, dude, that star spangled banner. I love that. The Jimi Hendrix version. That's kick-ass. Yep. could be there at uh, the super nationals as well too, in uh, Vegas. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. All right, man. Well, that's, that's going to cap things off. Ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of the EKN debrief, David Cole, essentially exhausting all the, the, the words he had available kind of ran out there at the end. I'm done. David, <laughs> your wife is going to be thrilled. You won't say a word for the rest of the day. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got. I'm done. <laughs> there it is. He's not the best color man in baseball for nothing, folks. Uh, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, a little major league reference for you. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great edition of the EKN Debrief. And again, we always uh, thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. Make sure to download the app from the App Store or Google Play, I believe it is. Also, subscribe on iTunes, ladies and gentlemen. We always want you to connect with us and be able to get all the content that we're providing here on the ECAN Radio Network. Again, on behalf of David Cole, I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now.